Welcome to Ghostly. And welcome to this special interview episode. We are excited to talk to our guest, Jim Harold. As the host of Jim Harold's Campfire and the Paranormal Podcast, he has been bringing the paranormal through podcasting to listeners since, I believe, 2005. We are honored to have him on Ghostly. Welcome, Jim. It's so good to be with you both. Thank you so much. Happy New Year and excited to get back to uh, talking about ghosty stuff. This is my first interview in either direction for the new year. So I'm so excited to be with you both. Yeah, we're really excited, too. This is our first interview of the new year as well. And uh, have you ever been interviewed by a skeptic before? Uh, (laughs) I've had many skeptics, quite a few skeptics on my show. Okay. I've had uh, Michael Shermer on the show, who oh, I'm wow. sure you're familiar yes, with, being yes. from the skeptical world. Uh, we've had uh, Joe Nickel on the shows. Oh, wow. okay. uh, I've interviewed him. I've interviewed other skeptics. And I have no problem with skeptics as long as it's kept respectful. And we, yeah. you know, yeah. at, at some point, you know, we get into a situation maybe where we agree to disagree uh that's kind of where i like to leave it and and i i think that a healthy dose of skepticism is a good thing i don't necessarily feel that it's a negative if it's uh you know it's it's set forth in a civilized way because i think sometimes those of us who believe and i'm definitely in that category Mm -hmm. i think sometimes we may believe too much um you know somebody asked me well you know, if you, you were uh, the, the, somebody who rate you as a believer, where would you be? If I were a gas gauge, and I've said this many times on the shows, even my own shows, probably three quarters full. Wow. So, I mean, yeah. there's still mm-hmm. a little bit of skepticism in there. Sure. sure. So. Well, that's really our show. Is yeah, Basically, absolutely. we attempt to have that civilized dialogue. Uh, where kind of both sides plus the middle <laughs> get represented. You know, I am the the believer, but uh, but same as you, there's definitely times where even I'm going to be skeptical of something. Yeah. Right. So. I mean, I will be honest with you, Jim. She rolls her eyes at me a lot when, <laughs> with my skepticism. Well, but, my uh, wife rolls her eyes at me too. So that's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, and I, there's definitely a, a goal, though, of our show to, um, to keep it respectful. Yeah, you know that because I think that it it can be. Um, So you know, so I was just curious, kind of. I wanted to start even just talking a little bit about you and your show itself. You know, but but just kind of going back, how did you get into the paranormal? Um, Is it something you've always been interested in? Yeah. Uh, really, I mean, a lot of people will look at what I do and say, ah, you jumped on the paranormal bandwagon <laughs> because of the popularity of the TV shows in the 2000s, mm-hmm. which no, I would you say, well, the bandwagon, <laughs> but my point is I would have had to been truly psychic and I don't claim to be psychic, by the way, I have no psychic <laughs> gifts. I'm about as psychic as a board. But, uh, back in the 1970s, when I was a very little kid, I got fascinated by a show called In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then uh, my family had a couple of great spooky stories. And if you knew my family, now my dad's still with us, unfortunately, my uh, mom and my one uncle who was involved in one of the kind of seminal stories that I grew up with, 
They were not people who would sleep with a pyramid under their bed. They would not have crystals. They were working class people. Sure. Uh, My dad and my uncle were steel workers. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. I mean, very kind of salt of the earth. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they had a couple of incredible stories that never changed throughout their whole lifetime. Mm -hmm. So I think you combine that with a healthy dose of Leonard Nimoy talking to me about Bigfoot and ghosts, and uh, I had a lifelong interest. In 2005, I'd gone to school for broadcasting, but I ended up working on the business side of media. Mm. And I always had a frustration that I had never done anything in front of the mic. And then I heard about this thing called podcasting. I said, you know, I'm really fascinated by the paranormal. Why don't I just, there aren't any paranormal. Can you believe there were no paranormal podcasts, basically? (laughs) I mean, there were some, I think, but there wasn't any like, you know, big name. It was, it was, I mean, there were a handful. There might have been six. Sure. Um. I said, you know, I I want a podcast to kind of exercise that broadcasting muscle because I missed that from my school days. And at that point, I had a wife, two kids, a mortgage. It wasn't sensible to, to, to drop that and go get a job at Paducah so I could talk into a mic. So my thought was, well, I'll just do this as a hobby. I yeah. never had any clue that these shows would be anything in the way of a career. Never. Never even dreamed it. Mm-hmm. If anything, I thought, oh, I'm going to have to explain to my wife why I'm spending these $20 a month to do this. <laughs> and uh, lo and behold, people enjoyed the shows. I rolled out Jim Harold's Campfire in 2009. And uh, a couple of years later, actually in 2012, I was able to take it full time wow. and uh, been full time podcasting. In June will be 11 years, so I'm very blessed. Wow. I'm very thankful, and uh, I thought I would have it all figured out in six months. In six months, I would have it all figured out. <laughs> Do you have it figured and out I got now, to, though? I've got more <laughs> questions now than when I started. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so what, what led you to um, – like, so, okay, so you started the podcast um, – and you said that there wasn't many podcasts back then. So how did you start to get people to give you stories then for Campfire? Well, it was kind of in two parts because in 2005, uh, I started the Paranormal Podcast. So okay. by the time I started Campfire in 2009, I had a little bit of an audience. Okay, okay. gotcha. Okay. And uh, so we just put out the call and said, you know, uh, if you'd like to share your story, we'd love to do it. We're starting this new thing called Jim Harold's Campfire. Uh-huh. And I can kind of anticipate maybe one of the questions, because it would be a question I have, you know, can all these people, uh, you know, be relaying something that is true or that is real? Or can you vouch that it's supernatural? Uh I can't vouch that they're supernatural because I haven't experienced them firsthand. But I will tell you this. I do believe the vast majority of people who call into the shows absolutely are telling the truth from their point of view. Mm. Um, and that they are giving an honest assessment of what they experienced. Mm -hmm. Um, now do I think that sometimes, uh, and I'm not saying for campfire specifically, but in general is every time somebody thinks a house is haunted, that it really is haunted. Probably not. Probably sometimes there's some bad electrical or leaky faucets or those kind of things. But I do think, I really believe with every fire of of my fiber of my being, if I could speak, that there is something real to this other realm. Now, what it is, I couldn't tell you that. Mm-hmm. But that's uh, basically, we just put the call out and people start to sign up and tell their stories. 
And we never have any shortage of stories. We just actually reopen submissions here today as we record, and mm-hmm. and people have already signed up because people want to know there's a place where they can safely share their stories, where they're not going to be ridiculed or, um, you know, sure, they're going to yeah. be treated respectfully. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And you know, I I definitely like as a skeptic, I would say that there is uh, something to that. I I. I think that they believe that they're saying, you know, the truth. I, I just don't necessarily believe that it's always like a paranormal thing. That's where <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I come in. But mm-hmm. I mean, that's neither here nor there. I mean, they're calling in. They no, but believe that's, that they're that's, telling that's the truth, fair. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's a fair opinion. I mean, the thing is, is that I do believe sometimes I think with the, the TV shows and, and I'll mm-hmm. be honest with you, I am not. The most massive fan of the way the paranormal is represented on TV before. I like the kind of – I'm super old school. I guess that's because I'm old. <laughs> but I like the more kind of serious approach. Yeah. And now it's kind of taken – I've said this on my shows too, so I'm not, tell, I'm not talking out of school. This is nothing I've not said. Uh-huh. But I think some of the shows, maybe not all of them, but some of them are kind of cartoonish. And it's yeah. like you could just predict what it is. It's, uh, you know, four guys and – uh, a young woman all dressed in black T-shirts and somebody drops a, a tripod <laughs> sure. and they're like, oh, what was that? You know, yeah. and that annoys me I um, because I think this topic is more important than that. Yeah, well, so you're not a big Zach, Zach Baggins uh, fan. No, we don't need a name <laughs> drop. There's no name. I won't mention any names. <laughs> You'll plead the fifth. But I don't believe in provoking. I mean, this is yeah. – okay, I, I, in all seriousness here – like, okay, the idea of provoking. Okay, if you're here, you come out and show yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, if you come from the standpoint that ghosts are real, sure, and many of us believe that there is something to ghosts. Now, I don't necessarily think the only explanation for ghosts is dead people. Mm-hmm. I think there could be some aspects of time slips and residual hauntings, all kinds of things. But if part of the explanation that we buy into as believers is that these are real people, people mm-hmm. who may no longer be with us would you go into somebody's house and start <laughs> screaming at them and say come out here if you're here in a lot of parts of the country that would get you uh well yeah <laughs> there would be an ambulance coming Absolutely. uh so yeah. my point is is that i think we need to treat um if we believe that there are spirits from the other world we should treat them respectfully no names well i, no think, names <laughs> well, I think there's also mm-hmm. sometimes i would say i'm sure for tv pressure yeah. Where sure. if we're going to spend all this money and go to this location and do this investigation, where you know, with a lot of paranormal investigations, you might be there for hours and nothing might happen, you know, and right. that's, that doesn't yeah. mean it's not haunted, just means in this situation right. it didn't happen. But like, and understand that if you're spending all this money and time and doing all of this, will something better happen, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I mean, I don't have any first-hand knowledge. No, the TV people either, haven't but, called upon me. I, yeah. I honestly don't think the TV people have called upon me because I take this too seriously. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. But uh, uh, plus, I've, you know, I don't. there's only so much you can do with this on video. <laughs> right. but, uh, but the second part is, is that um, – yeah, I, I think that we need to treat this respectfully. I mean, whether yeah. you come from the skeptical perspective or the believer perspective. Even as a skeptic, I mean, I agree that it should be taking, taken with some some respect because, I mean, if they are, and I can't prove 100% that they're not, you know, people that have died, I mean, 
Why would you want to upset somebody right. that's, that's passed on? So. And I can't prove 100% that they are. Yeah. I mean, and there will people who will tell you, oh, well, I know they're ghosts and I know they're dead people. I don't mm-hmm. know that. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I think, I mean, I happen to think, and again, this could be wishful thinking on my part, and that's probably what a lot of skeptics would say, but I believe that our loved ones communicate with us. Now, I don't know if that means that they necessarily materialize and say, hey, how you doing? But I do think they can they can um, communicate with us from time to time. I think those kind of things do happen. But can I prove it? Um, no, I, I can't prove it. So where are you on the uh, cryptids? Do you believe oh, in cryptids? Okay. Or? Well, you know, it's that's an interesting one. You got a good one there because uh, – Probably the thing of all the stuff we cover, we cover ghosts, we cover mm. UFOs, we cover cryptids. Now, I believe in Prob- UFOs, though. I, I, I will tell you that. <laughs> She's the skeptic in UFOs, and yeah, I'm the believer. I believe so. in UFOs, and I believe that at least some of them are probably of extraterrestrial origin. Mm. Yeah. I also believe some of them are military origin. Sure. Uh, but that being said, uh, with cryptids, probably Bigfoot, for example, is one of my biggest areas of skepticism. And I've said this many times on my own shows. I'm kind of 50-50 on it because there are good people, uh, you know, knowledgeable people, people who have been in the wilderness and those kind of things who say, I have seen a Bigfoot. And I will say that Patterson-Gimlin film, once it Mm -hmm. was stabilized, Mm -hmm. you know, I used to put that to being, um, you know, a, a, a man in a suit. But when you look at that stabilized film, it's interesting, that 1967 film, there seems to be muscle tone, which does not look... Like a costume. That being said, then my skeptical side kicks in and I say, well, come on now. You know, (laughs) all this time we've not found DNA. We've not found a hair sample. We've not found that. And I've had people on the shows talking about that perspective. One gentleman, Dr. Todd Disotel, I had on. And I believe that he was a biologist with a large, large university. And I'm just remembering off the top of my head, this probably been five or six years ago. So I apologize if I get his title. It might have been from Penn State or Pitt or someplace like that. And he basically said, and he makes a study of creatures. And he says, you know, if somebody brings me the DNA, I'm glad to analyze it, but I've seen nothing yet. So mm. it kind of depends, Patrick, on the day you ask me whether I say there's a Bigfoot or not. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, I mean, I definitely think that there's a possibility that there was something that, I mean, we would think of as Bigfoot that existed. I just don't know if it currently exists. I, I mean, yeah. yeah. Now, why I will say this about cryptids, though. Underwater cryptids, mm-hmm. I definitely believe there's something there. Because I've heard it said many times from more scientifically oriented people than myself and experts that we know less about the deep ocean floor, for example, mm. than we do about space. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So to me, it is very, very likely that there are things that we think of sea monsters that are, you know, either species that might be thought to be extinct or things. Mm. I really am a big believer in uh, waterborne creatures that could be considered sea monsters. They're just other animals, though. Mm, sure, gotcha. sure, that we just haven't found right. yet. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, so you kind of actually touched on this, and I'm, so I'm going to skip ahead and we can go back a little bit, but you talked about residual hauntings. Oh, yeah. And this has been a question mm-hmm. on Ghostly with <laughs> our skeptic. And so the idea then, so how, like, how would you categorize then hauntings? And like, would you call 
a residual haunting a ghost? You know, like, I guess, is it that, that well, and, and is uh, that like a repeated, I'm, you know, where like someone's like right. thing is doing a, the same action or is it a, well, like, I'm going to give you, you a, about? I'm going to give you a story um, that I think is really instructive Mm-hmm. And um, really interesting, not from me, but somebody that knows way more about this stuff than me, uh, mm-hmm. Lloyd Auerbach, mm. who has been a parapsychologist for probably the last 45 years, I mm-hmm. guess, and uh, has made this serious study of these things. And he was doing a segment for an older TV show that was not one of those kind of black T-shirt shows. It was one of the older sure. shows called Sightings. Oh, yeah. And it was about this place, I think... It might have been in California, I'm not sure, but he was doing an investigation for them. And here was the claim. People said that they would go to this place and there had been a murder there and they would see the murder happening again. Okay. okay? They would see the murder victim, of course, and they would see the murderer. Now, the murder victim, by definition, was dead. Mm-hmm. But, but the murderer was still alive and in prison. Oh. And people would see kind of a replay. Yeah. So to me, is that a ghost? That is a good question. I don't know if you would categorize that as a ghost. Wow. I mean, to me. Look at his little (laughs) smile now. Okay. (laughs) So to me. (laughs) And then there's another phenomena I've heard of multiple times that I wasn't familiar with Mm -hmm. Um, is this idea of doppelgangers a lot of people report seeing doppelgangers and here's uh, a story that i I, i've seen recently repeated on other programs not the exact story Mm -hmm. but the idea um the story was on campfire excuse me and uh, there was a young man in his teenage years no no he let's start over we he was uh, a little kid Okay. And he's walking through his house and he looks into the kitchen and he sees what appears to be a hooded figure making a peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so let's go to his teenage years. You know, he's a teenager hanging out. He's got his black hoodie on. He's in the kitchen. He's minding his own business, making himself a peanut butter sandwich. And he looks at the hallway and there seems to be what appears to be a little kid mm. running. He saw the ghost of himself. Now, (laughs) so what I'm saying is, is I have a theory and it's not, it's a very kind of, uh, and again, I have no proof for this. I won't say, I would never say I have proof. Sure. But I have a theory that reality, part of what we see with these hauntings and different things is not just dead people, although I think that can happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think part of it is some kind of reality slip. Sure. Because I believe that reality is far stranger. I mean, you can just read the science mm-hmm. that is out there. I hate being one of those people that says quantum physics, you know, just oh, right. uh, blankets <laughs> as quantum <laughs> physics. <laughs> yeah. But but I mean, if you look at some of the kind of scientific research, I, I've read statements where scientists will say this doesn't make sense, but it's true. Mm-hmm. And so I think reality is, okay, what we're seeing now, it's very much, I could see my computer monitor, I could see my camera, I could see you guys on the screen. But I think there's a whole other level of reality that we don't see. And whether it, you know, there's the many worlds theory that yeah. some physicists have, the multiverse. Yeah, Spider-Man. You know, I mean, <laughs> is it 
but it's not only in comic books. Yeah. It's not only on the screen. I mean, this is stuff that there are people that have real scientific research with real sure. scientific credentials who think is possible. Even people who think that the world is a simulation. Hmm. And that's a very real uh, thought that's out there amongst, you know, respected scientists, oh, not, yeah, that not paranormal me. guys. So yeah. I guess my point is, is that are there glitches in it sometimes? Mm -hmm. I mean, I hate to use that overused yeah, phrase, yeah, a glitch in the matrix. Yeah. 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 But are there glitches or are there things that don't go quite right? Are we seeing into other realities? Are we having time slips? Sure. You know, and I'm not saying that's hap something that happens to each individual every day, but over the course of a lifetime, mm -hmm. you may have a couple of these. And maybe that explains some of these things. My favorite stories on the campfire are not necessarily traditional ghost stories. Uh -huh. There's ones that I call head scratchers. Sure. Ones that kind of make it go, huh. what in the world is that all about? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we just did an episode on, on time slips. And I have to say, it really, I think, kind of altered how we will be talking about hauntings and ghosts mm -hmm. going forward. How you will be talking about. Well, you're going to have to talk about it, too, because <laughs> that might be your skeptic coming in. Maybe, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Jim, there's a question that I've been dying to ask you. Um, okay. And, and, and I mean this with all due respect. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not poking fun at believers or anything. But why are so many ghosts women in white? We get this all no, the time. No, that's a fair question. <laughs> that's a fair question. Yeah. It's the same question that somebody might ask about reincarnation. Why did everybody come back as, you know, the in the past life they were a duke or a duchess or a mm -hmm. member of sure, the royal family? Yeah. I mean, I think that's just, I mean, again, I think if you really did a content analysis, if you go back to my academic days and you go and look at all the ghost stories, it might be more than one would think, mm -hmm. but I don't think that it's necessarily the preponderance. But I do think there's a certain amount of people being attracted to certain stories or stories being repeated like that. So I, I get your point, and you're right. I mean, the other the other question, and Lloyd Auerbach, who I just mentioned, said mm -hmm. the same thing. Why do we see ghosts at night? Sure. And he said the truth is, is that the hauntings happen no more at night than they happen in the daytime. It's just... If I recall correctly, it's just kind of the bias of the reporters, mm. you know, because people are unreliable in their communication of something doesn't mean that thing doesn't exist. So, mm. for example, you know, if there's a murder, um, a real life murder, you got six witnesses and each one will report it differently. Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, yeah. But on the other hand, there's still a dead body on the ground. Sure. So that's, I yeah. guess that's how I, because I mean, I think that people do gravitate towards kind of those memes. It's the same thing with the UFO business. Yeah. I think sometimes, even though I firmly believe, I believe that UFOs are real. I believe some of them are military. I personally believe some are extraterrestrial. Mm -hmm. But do I necessarily believe people are having tea with aliens every third Thursday of the month? No. I would love to have tea with an alien. I, <laughs> that would be kind of cool. Yeah. That, as long as they didn't do like Mars attacks. Yeah, that, right. would, that would not be good. Yeah. 
<laughs> that, that, that great scene where Jack Nicholson <laughs> said, yeah. can we just all get along? <laughs> yeah, no, that's interesting. Well, and I, I, we, I think we talked to, I feel like we talked to a paranormal investigator who said something to you about just, it's just easier maybe to see some of those things at night or we're just, we just tend to pay more attention then. So, well, I think paying know, more attention, sense. I think that's, yeah. that's true. Yeah. I mean, to me, ghost hunting, and I'm not a ghost hunter. I, I never that was going to be, be one of my questions. Was uh, Yeah, you, you know why? I'll tell you why. The The reason that I'm not a ghost hunter is the reason where I kind of follow example. If you guys, I don't know if you guys follow sports. I follow sports. And if you're watching a football or baseball, basketball game, a lot of the announcers are athletes. Mm-hmm. And they sure. played the, the game previously, which I think is great. They give great insights. But I also like to hear the perspective of somebody who never played the game. Yeah. And that's kind of what I consider myself. I mean, I'm if I were an investigator, I would probably lock on to one theory, one line of thinking. And this is the way you do this, this, and this. And I have specifically chosen uh, not to do paranormal investigation, not just because I'm a coward, but... <laughs> Although that's a bonus, but uh, but also because I think I like the position where you know, particularly on my interview shows, not Campfire, mm-hmm. but on my paranormal podcast shows where I interview authors and experts and so forth. Although there aren't real, a lot of experts on the paranormal, they might be experts on the theories, but mm. being expert on what's really going on, I think that's a tough that's sure. a tough tough order. Oh yeah. But the point is, I think it's good that I'm not an investigator because I don't have, I don't have a dog in the race, right? Yeah. Or sure. a horse in the race. That's kind of how uh, we feel too. I mean, although, yeah. I mean, a lot of it is that we're not patient enough to be paranormal investigators. <laughs> I mean, cause seriously, you have to be there no, all that night is, long, you know? And, oh, that's a major commitment. Yeah, that's is, true. Yeah. I don't think I could actually, now that you mentioned, I hadn't thought of that. I couldn't do that and this, not yeah. the amount of shows right. that I do. And sure. I mean, this is my full-time job and uh, it is a job. It's mm-hmm. work. It's interesting, fascinating. I love doing it. I'm very appreciative of my audience, mm-hmm. but it's hard work between editing and posting sure. and marketing and advertising mm-hmm. and, you know, all the things you have to do to basically run a small media company. Yeah, I come from a radio background and basically what I'm running these days is a small radio station. It's just like running a small radio station. Sure. And... I couldn't do that and be a really good paranormal investigator. So that's a, that's another reason why I hadn't thought of that, but that's that's a perfect reason. Yeah. We had one. Uh, so the Chicago paranormal scene has a lot of investigators. And I think because we don't do it ourselves, we can stay more neutral, which is, is helpful. Yes. But he likened yeah. it to uh, nature photography, where you yeah. could just sit like all bird day watching. bird yeah. watching, and then you have to wait for that one moment, you know, where they. And it surprised something. me how kind of sometimes, and I don't, Again, I don't hold to any clicks or anything. I kind of like Switzerland. I try yep, to get along with absolutely. everybody, yep. even people I disagree with. Mm-hmm. But it seems like there is like, okay, well, this is so-and-so paranormal investigation team, and they don't like that team. And it's like, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, I don't want to get into that drama. Yeah. No, no, we yeah. try to, we try to, we we will talk to everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, have you, and I, uh, I'm, have you experienced paranormal things yourself? You kind of talked a little bit about your your family maybe having some stories. But I'll tell you what. I've never seen a ghost. Mm-hmm. I've seen a UFO, but I 
I think it was more space junk. I really do. And that I think that speaks to my veracity. I hope it does. I didn't say, oh, it must have been aliens automatically. I think it was space <laughs> junk. It was real. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a neat kind of story. My wife and I were driving. This was when we were first married. I guess this would have been the late 90s. And uh, we were driving down the main road. And we were listening to talk radio. It was probably about 6.30, 6.45. Probably, I think it was on a Friday. And we both looked up and there was a green fireball in the sky. And this is Whoa. like a main drag wow. in, a, wow. in a major suburb in the Cleveland, Ohio area. Mm-hmm. And we both saw it clearly. Some guy calls into the radio station and says, oh, so-and-so, I'm on so-and-so area, same area we were in. And I just saw a huge green fireball wow. in the uh, sky. And that guy's like, oh, what have you been drinking? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, he really saw it, though. But I totally think that was, you know, space junk or meteorite or something. I don't think there was anything Mm -hmm. spooky about that. Now, I will tell this story real quick, though. Um, When I have things happen to me, um, they tend to be synchronistic. And the thing is, is that a skeptic, and I, Patrick, I can respect this. You're probably going to say, oh, Jim... Bless you, but you're looking for patterns here. Probably true. But this, to me, was a communication from my late uncle, and I'll tell you what happened. In 2017, uh, yeah, it was 2017, I was asked to be on a cruise with other people in the paranormal community, some other speakers and authors and so forth. So anyway, I was going to speak, and we had they had this little conference room on the ship, and it was right next to the um, right next to the casino. And I was, you know, I was a little nervous because they have really great speakers. One was uh, a woman by the name of Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who's unfortunately since passed, but was really a very, very smart woman. Um, wrote, I don't know, 50, 60 books. She had been a hardcore journalist and took this her training and applied it to this. Really, if anybody's interested in the paranormal I highly recommend her books, and she was a great person, too. Anyway, I was nervous because I'm like, oh, she spoke. How am I going to follow her? I mean, this woman's genius. And there were some other great speakers, too. Plus, I had a cold. Mm. Uh, back in the days when a cold was just a cold, but it yeah. was a cold. We all just still, you know, <laughs> hung out together. It was fine. So I thought, you know what? Before I speak, let me go to the cafe and get some coffee. Uh, just to warm up the old pipes. So anyway, I'm getting ready to walk through the casino, and one of the attendees, the member of our group, not the speakers, but one of the attendees, was playing in the casino one of these crane games where a big claw comes down and grabs money. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I had a very vivid thought, um, and it wasn't like a vision or anything, but I thought of my uncle, my late uncle, who was like a second dad to me. The reason I thought of him was he used to love to play the crane games in stores. When you would go to stores and go out to the little vestibule area and they would have those, he would play them and like throw $10 into one just to win one of these little toys. That would cost five bucks probably. It, well, no, like 99 cents. Yeah, right? <laughs> but he would he would just do it for this morning. Yeah. Like, oh, I wish he were here. He would love wow. this. And it's for money. And he was like a guy who would buy a lottery ticket here and there. He wasn't a big gambler, but he sure. liked to, you know, do stuff like that. So, gosh, I wish he were here because he really was very close to me, like a second dad. Yeah. And uh, so a woman walks up next to this guy who's playing this. She cups her hand to her mouth and she goes, John, John, like calling out to somebody. 
Guess what the name of my uncle was? John. Wow. Now, I swear to God, if I'm lying, <laughs> strike me. Because it did happen. It did happen. It absolutely happened. Now, that could have been, and eventually somebody walked over. It must have been her husband or something. Mm -hmm. And that could have just been one of the wildest coincidences ever, you know? Just could have been just a weird coincidence. Yeah, but it was meaningful I, to you, though. I mean, yeah, that's, that's I what matters. I tend to feel I, – I feel that it was somehow my uncle or somebody putting the pieces in place mm -hmm. to acknowledge the thought that I had mm -hmm. of my uncle. Mm, gotcha. Um, and I've had similar things. And the funny thing about my uncle is he had a lot of tools. And I'm not a great handyman, but I do a few things around the house. And I'll be going through some sockets and things or Allen wrenches and like, John, I can't find the right one. And then in about 30 seconds, I'll find it. Now, wow. <laughs> now maybe that's, go. again, a total coincidence. <laughs> but um, for me, that's I've had a couple of those. That's probably the most dramatic. Uh, but I've had a couple of those. And that's the way loved ones for me tend to get their message through, I hope, I think. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah. I mean, I like that, um, but I, you know, so it made me think of something else. So you've listened to a ton of ghost stories at this, at this point. Mm -hmm. um, and what have you learned that people should do or shouldn't do when they encounter some kind of ghost or something like that? That's a tough question. Um, and in fact, when people email me for advice, I'm very reluctant to give them advice because I don't. Like I said before, you're not a ghost hunter. Yeah. I'm not a ghost hunter, and yeah. I think they're very. I mean, you're talking about serious stuff here. Yeah. Uh, what they should do and they shouldn't do. Like, is there ever? Something I don't think. I don't think do anything rash. Don't, okay. I don't think you know you should uh, necessarily move from your house or. Gotcha. Uh, I think you need to be thoughtful and methodical in whatever you do. I would be one. I mean, to kind of if you're. If you're open to it or stuff, talk to clergy or someone spiritually mm -hmm. that you can trust and, and someone you know and trust, not just someone you find on the Internet. Uh, um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, maybe maybe say some prayers and house. that would just be my inclination. Sure. But again, that's my personal belief system. Um, but I, you know, I think there is the potential to overreact in these situations and. You know, do I think people will ask me, do I think that evil is real? And I do, actually. Mm. I do think there's evil that's real. I mean, the movie The Exorcist was based on, I think, a boy in St. Louis. I yes. mean, the yeah. Catholic Church has basically an exorcism department. I mean, oh, that's real. Do, yeah. But I think that is on the low, low, low end of the scale. Sure. I don't think that that's sure. something that, that happens, you know, all the time. I think that... It's just like people watching Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Mm -hmm. You know, people tend to project that onto real life in terms of E.T. And I think that with ghosts people or, or hauntings, people think, oh, it's a demon. Now we've had people call in and say they've had a kind of more sinister entity. Mm -hmm. And I believe them. But that is not really the majority of the calls at all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I would just, you know, be thoughtful, be methodical. Don't do anything rash. Gotcha. I do think sometimes that eggs 
the things on too if you're too too much give it too much yeah energy well or one of my favorite or... stories you know and again i'm not saying this is any kind of expert mm -hmm. but i interviewed a gentleman by the name quite a few times but uh, by the name of brad steiger and i think he wrote around 70 books on these topics wow. he's passed as well unfortunately as we do these shows longer we run into that that more. Uh, but uh, he said one time he was working on a book and he was convinced that some kind of spirit or something was messing with him. Mm. And he didn't do any incantations or anything. He just said, cut that out. I'm trying to work. <laughs> and it left. Okay. Wow. So maybe if they are humans, maybe you talk to them. And, you know, I've had people say, it's okay if you're here, but you can't go in this room. You can't do the and whatever they've been have abided to it so maybe maybe just talking to it mm -hmm. yeah yeah that makes sense i mean it i does. i mean yeah there's a lot of different ways to do it but sometimes just cutting to the chase might actually be the easiest way mm -hmm. um all right so um i know that you said that you cannot verify uh, all the people that call up and have these ghost stories or something like that mm -hmm. um has there ever been something that you received that you were just like, no, this, this can't be true. And you just chose not to do it. There have been sure. a handful of calls I haven't used because I thought okay. people were uh, pulling my chain, so to speak, mm -hmm. <laughs> but mm -hmm. not many, not many, yeah. but there have been a few. Mm -hmm. uh, one time I was, I don't even know how they got my phone number. Somebody called my personal cell phone. Oh, wow. And it was on a weekend and I was taking my daughter somewhere and I took the call and it was through the car. This has got to be seven or eight years ago. And he's like, maybe it was a voicemail. It must have been a voicemail. Mm. He's like, we're up here in, in, in Bigfoot's up here hunting uranium. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm not engaging with that. So yeah, yeah right. from time to time, you get people who either, you know, that you know something's going on or maybe I've had, you know, I think someone pretty much called in and tried to sneak a Howard Stern catchphrase past oh, me yeah, yeah. that sure. I caught. Yeah. And it was a really long story. And it's like, oh. it's like, um, and, and then they got the punchline in and I didn't say anything, but uh, I said, I've listened to Howard Stern too. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, you know, occasionally, but it's very, very, I, again, and it may be just, I, I like to think maybe it's just my audience, but I tend to have in general, very nice people mm -hmm. who seem to be by and large, very, very sincere. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and then I had one time one woman, you know, I I asked she was telling her story and, and she told somebody, Go get my book. <laughs> and uh so they got her book, so to speak, <laughs> and she's reading me this story that sounds like something out of a book that she purchased somewhere. Mm. And uh I said, um, could you please tell the uh tell the story in your own words and she didn't even listen to me. She just kept talking. So at that point, I just basically put my microphone on mute, let her finish her story. And I said, thank you very much. Have a nice day. And I never heard the story yeah, because right. it was like, yeah, it's like, okay. Did. But that is, that's one out of how many hundreds and hundreds of people sure. I've talked to. I mean, the vast majority of people are great, uh, very sincere, 
And uh, just, it always amazes me because you would think at this point there would be no new stories or no new wrinkles. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and there always are. There yeah. always is, yeah. Now, so do you have, so do you have a story? And I know, I mean, over all of these years, I know there's no chance you remember all of them or have, maybe you do have a favorite, but I more was just wondering if you have one that is memorable or really particularly creepy or anything that uh, that you can share? Well, this one's a little lengthy, but I'll try to make it fast. Um, this one is one of the most elaborate stories we've ever had on the show. It's like an episode of the Twilight Zone, but I'll, I'll kind of give you a little, <laughs> uh, little note about it before we start. Um, it's such a popular story. And actually, um, we shared it with the people at the Spooked podcast, the big uh, oh sure, uh, yeah, big Spook podcast. They had the same guest on uh, using the same story. So this story has been around. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was so moved by the story that I asked the storyteller, could I come personally visit her? Oh wow! Oh, wow. So I went and took a. Um, a uh, professional videographer, a friend of mine who's worked in TV news in the area for about 25 years, mm-hmm. a videographer, and we went up and, and shot a, a package on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's like a 10-minute video. And uh, the thing was is that, and I'll tell you this story, but I believed her more after I met her than I even did before. And it wow. is an incredible, incredible story, but the woman is uh, was very accomplished in her career. Mm-hmm. Very intelligent, highly educated, and I absolutely believe her. So here's the story. It's called The Roadhouse Saloon. Mm. So basically this was about T.I. was our caller. And uh, she um, she and a friend went to see a band. She wasn't in her home. She She's from Michigan, but she was actually in Wisconsin visiting, I guess, this, I don't know, campground or something. Mm -hmm. So her and a male friend went to see a band about an hour away. And uh, they stayed till two o'clock in the morning when the bar closed. And they're both musicians. So they went and they talked with the band. So they're headed back home about three o'clock in the morning. It's a rural area, two lane roads, poorly lit, about an hour to the campground. And T.I. tells her friend, Bob, I've got to use the restroom. And Bob kind of does this number, looks back and forth and says, well, you know, you could pull up a tree, but other than that, <laughs> you're not going to have much luck. And she said, just drive fast. So anyway, uh, they come up on this large bar, this large saloon, and uh, it's all lit up. And it's at a crossroads. And they're kind of like, that's odd. That's like illegal to be open now. It's past closing time. But it's open up. There's a bunch of cars. There's neon signs. You know how you're outside a place and you can hear the music, they can hear music. They said, hey, whatever, let's go in. So as they're pulling in, Bob says, boy, I'm glad that we came here because it's such a, you know, iconic mural they have on the wall. I've heard about it many times. It's an old West motif, but I never got to see it. And Bob was also a bit of an artist. So he was happy they stopped there. They went in. T.I. went to the restroom. Bob got... Uh, Coca-Cola from the bar or whatever. And uh, they came back and they were talking. They're talking a little bit. Uh, and this guy walks over to this beautiful Willitzer bubbler jukebox with mm. real records in it, which was uncommon at the time. Sure. And uh, starts playing Chubby Checkers Let's Twist Again. Mm. 
So then he walks back to T.I.'s table and asks T.I. to dance. And he smiles real big and all of his teeth are they're rotten. And T.I. <laughs> said, boy, uh, you know, uh, thank you so much. But and she held up her cane. She walks with a cane. Mm. And she said, uh, I don't do much dancing. She said she had so glad she, in that case that she had that cane to right. use uh, to, to beg <laughs> off. But the people were kind of weird in the place. They were kind of smiling and, you know, just kind of strange. So anyway, uh, they stay a little longer. They're talking about it. And they notice something about the mural. They notice that all the characters in the mural have a corollary with the real people mm. in the place. Like there's what they would have called oh. back in the day a dance hall girl. And it looks just like the woman sure. sitting over there. Then they've got uh, a couple guys playing, like three guys playing cards. And they look like the guys playing pool over there. And the bartender's there and he looks like somebody else. And I got to thinking, boy, that's really weird. But then they said, well, you know, maybe this artist was a regular here. And he did this as like an homage to these regulars in the bar. He just put them in the picture, which is kind of a cool idea. Mm -hmm. But then they noticed something else they didn't notice before. There, there's two double, there's two double doors, like the, you know, the the the, the gunslinger would walk in and say, I want to see the sheriff, or I want to see so-and-so. <laughs> those swinging doors. Yeah. But there were two columns of mist in those doors that they didn't notice before. And they wow. talk a little more and they think, that's weird. That is weird. And then they look back and they seem to be a little bit developed, like a Polaroid picture. One's shorter, one's taller. And they look back again. And one's a man and one's a woman. And one has boots and curly hair and a cane, the woman. <gasps> And they realize wow. that was they're fun. developing into the picture. Oh, wow. my God. So anyway, that anyway, they <laughs> they say, that's enough. <laughs> and they Finally. get up and say, we're going to leave now. Yeah. So anyway, as they're leaving, the people are kind of beckoning and smiling, like, come back, come back. They close the door. Everything goes black. The place is totally like it was never open. They turn around, they look, there is a car in the parking lot, one car. They go away. Now, that would be a pretty incredible story. Yeah. But T.I. is a lot braver than I am. I told you before, I'm a coward. <laughs> so, I, you guys are too young to remember, but there was an old movie, it's even a little before my time, there was an old movie called The Ghost and Mr. Chicken. Uh, with oh. Don Knotts from... Uh, I've never heard of that. That's yeah, The Ghost and Mr. Chicken. Yeah, Don Knotts, who played Barney Fife on... Uh, the Andy Griffith show. Sure. I'm kind of like Mr. Chicken. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, T.I.'s a lot braver than that. She <laughs> goes back a couple nights later with, I think, her sister or a friend. I can't remember who, whoever was at the campground. Right? Okay. She said, I'm going to check this place out. Now, she went at 8 o'clock at night, so she didn't wait until 3 o'clock in the morning. That's smart. <laughs> she walks in. The mural is still there, but there's no columns of mist. She's okay. not in the picture, and neither is Bob. Okay. Then um, she goes over and looks at the jukebox. There's no chubby checker. Let's twist again on the jukebox. Oh, in the jukebox, it is, uh, it's CDs. It's not a Wurlitzer. It's wow. like a modern of the day, modern jukebox. Goes over and talks to the bartender who is a young woman. And she says, oh, you know, uh, T.I. says, I was here a couple nights ago. Uh, there was this big strapping, good looking guy behind the bar, big muscles. The woman says, 
that doesn't that I'm sorry to tell you, it doesn't make any sense. The only people who bartend here is are me or my elderly father. And with that, T.I. left (laughs) and never went to the Roadhouse Saloon again. But, 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 but the place actually exists. Okay. Okay. I've had people have gone and taken pictures and of the mural. Now, I have a video over at my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Jim Harold, where I went to interview T.I. So that's on video. And then I was able to incorporate some pictures by the great researcher Chad Lewis, who does a lot of uh, books on cryptids and different things. He actually lives up in that area mm. and went to see it. Now, I called the place, and this is must have been 2019. It was pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to incorporate them somehow into the story, even considering going up there and interviewing them or doing mm-hmm. a Zoom or doing something, because I was using Zoom before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um and nobody would ever call me back. So I don't know if they <laughs> felt it was bad publicity. Sure. I would think it would be great publicity. Get more I, people I in the restaurant. So too, yeah. And I really don't know if they're still open, but it is. it was a real place. And wow. those those pictures of that mural without the mists um, mm-hmm. are on that YouTube video. But I'll tell you, it is an incredible story. I can understand being people being skeptical. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I got to say, I looked her in the eye and boy, she mm-hmm. convinced me. I just love the idea of the story. I mean, even real or not, I mean, that's just a, that's like something out of Twilight Zone. Yeah, for sure. <coughs> it absolutely is. I mean, it, it is just like a Twilight Zone. Yeah. yeah. That's like some weird time slip kind of thing. That, yeah, something. But has some reality. To, it's just really well, but weird. But then them being know. added. I, but it, yeah. yeah, for me, it's, it doesn't seem like some, like, why would you make that up? Like, yeah. How well, yeah, I don't know what like, the benefit would be. Right. Um, yeah. And that's what my opinion is of many of the stories, most of the stories, right. is that there's really nothing in it for the callers. They're yeah. not making money. Uh, yeah. Now, you they, may say, well, they're mistaken. That's different. Sure. But I yeah. think in terms of what people believe and what they experience, uh, again, everybody uh, for the vast, vast majority has been very sincere. I, sure. I very seldomly will say that someone's lying. And that's the reason why I, I, I'm skeptical of the story. I mean, there's red flags in stories that make me think mm-hmm. that maybe it is this or maybe it's that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, ultimately, I don't know. I mean, it's just whatever. Well, well you're very nice. So we do, we just do one listener mail each episode. Yeah, um, and I have and to he, bite my tongue. He does the not debate unless <laughs> they request it, which yeah. sometimes they do. They yeah. want, they mm-hmm. want to know the skeptic's opinion, but you know, again, it's not about debating what someone saw. I mean, again, you could come up with maybe like, Oh, did you, re-, you know, maybe it was a shadow. Maybe it was a something, but they didn't right. see it. You know, it's yeah. just, yeah. Very, very seldomly have I had like the smoking gun that's like this, <laughs> this definitely isn't real, you know, because of this. Yeah. It's really tough stuff to prove or disprove. It really it is. is. It is I yeah. don't think there's any question. I mean, that's why I say nothing with certainty. Even for me, I firmly believe in a higher power, for example. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, and again, I'm not anti science, not in the least. I think there's room for a higher power and science. Mm-hmm. Sure. But to me, um, Somebody had me on their show and they were asking me on a scale of one to 10, what do you believe? And I, they said, you know, God or a higher power. And I said nine because I'm very – and afterlife, nine. Sure. But I'm not a – I hate to say it. I'm not a 10 for anything. There's sure. – I mean, and it's because there's always some room for doubt. There's always some room for doubt. Are you ever a one or a zero on anything though? 
<laughs> that is how yeah, we I would think some things maybe. <laughs> I can't think of one of the moment, but I could mm-hmm. I could see a scenario where I would be a one or a zero a flat. Well, this is more in the conspiracy realm. Sure. But flat earth. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. a zero. Yeah, sure. zero but I that. did yeah. interview somebody one time on that just because uh, it was a different show I was doing. I didn't agree with them. I told them I didn't agree with them. I told them I thought it was, in a nice way, ridiculous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I still wanted to get their perspective. And I think that's something, and I appreciate you, Patrick, because you seem like the kind of guy who you may disagree with someone, but you're willing to listen. Oh, yeah. I I uh, enjoy it, actually. I mean, I enjoy hearing the spooky stories. I just, right. you know, like when I'm asked then afterwards, like if if I'm not on Ghostly, I am not going to debate somebody out in the street about a ghost or something like that. I'm right. going to listen to them and I right. appreciate it. Um, it just, you know, to me it's like, but that doesn't change what I believe, you know, right. to be. So, and I, I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's fair. Well, so I, I appreciate being able to have these kind of, uh, kind of discussions. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you coming on the show and, um, I just wanted to know, um, is there anything coming up for you next? Yeah. Well, how, I what's mean, uh, what 2023 looking like for you? Well, we've got a lot going on at the Spooky <laughs> Studio, as we call it. Uh, Jim Harold's Campfire continues weekly. The Paranormal sure. Podcast continues weekly. We do a number of plus shows. Um, we're, um, we're doing a couple of other things that are new this year. Uh, we're continuing a show that my daughter does Ooh. called Unpleasant Dreams. In, in, for the first two seasons, she did it. She did um, like retellings of famous stories of the strange, like the Dietloff Pass story okay. or, you know, the Bell Witch, those kind of things. Sure. We're going to pivot that show to fictional stories. So oh, she'll be okay. sharing fictional spooky stories, which I think is a nice uh, wrinkle. I do a podcast with my wife. You won't believe what happened to me about strange things that have happened to people. Uh, I'm going to be doing more video in 2023, uh, doing weekly live streams, and uh, restarting my true crime podcast, Jim Harold's Crime Scene, which was one of the first on the internet before Serial. Wow. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, I made a crucial mistake with that show, or maybe I could have been Serial. But uh, but we on that show, we take a serious look. I don't try to sensationalize or anything, but we talk to authors and experts about true crime cases. We Our first show next week will be with Pulitzer Prize winner Edward Humes, mm. who wrote a, sto- uh, wrote a book about uh, DNA. So we tried wow. to take that very seriously as well. So um, a lot going a lot on. Going 2023 on. Yeah. is going to be a busy, busy year. And I hope folks can check it out. JimHerald.com, J-I-M-H-A-R-O-L-D.com. And uh, the shows are found wherever you get your podcast. And most people in your audience, I think Jim Harold's Campfire would be a good starting place. Sure. And where where would they be able to submit stories for uh, Jim Harold's Campfire? Sure. They just go to jimherald.com slash campfire. And there's a forum they can fill out and go from there. And it's a great time to do it. We just reopened submissions. Uh, so we would love to hear your spooky story. Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I definitely learned a lot um, just talking to you. And um, maybe you made my skepticism from a 99 to a 98. I I consider that a win. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) We'll see. Next episode. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing all your experiences and your thoughts on the paranormal. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you both.